Bitch, season four. I feel like we need a new gimmick because apparently everyone loves one. <laughs> what what gimmick? What do you want to do? I don't know. I have to think about it. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Take one. Hello and welcome to season four of Take Three, a movie podcast. My name is Nick, and this is my co-host who I haven't seen or spoken to in years, Jordan. Literal years. Literal years, it's been. Literal years. Um, This is our only means of communication. <laughs> no, I actually see and speak to you way too often. But, like, this is so weird. It feels like we haven't done this in a long time. Did you enjoy your holiday off? We haven't done this in a long time. I really did. I did enjoy the break. I kind of thinking about it's I'm sort of like I don't think I could do this podcast if we didn't take a break like I kind of need that reset time but it's made me realize uh that this might be a warm-up episode because it's been a very long time <laughs> I'm struggle busting a little bit so but we're gonna jump into it yes absolutely absolutely very thrilled that we're back so it's now 2022 and we haven't spoken to you guys in a very long time um and I'm sure that you have a ton of things that you've watched that you might want to talk about. I certainly do. You want to talk about that shit first before we get into this um, masterpiece of a film franchise that we're about to talk about? <laughs> this uh, this masterpiece trilogy. Yes. Um, I mean, I have certainly watched a lot of movies since the last time we spoke via podcast. I don't know if I want to go through every single one of them. but Yeah, please don't. But just talk about good ones that you've liked. Do you happen to remember the last episode that we published? Jesus Christ, Jordan. Yes, it was the Halloween episode, our Halloween special. Okay, okay. I finally watched Cruella and loved it. Wow. True to form. I turned it on. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I watched a Barbra Streisand classic, which I loved enough to convince you to watch it as well, called What's Up, Doc? Yo, that movie is a mess. That movie is so anxiety-inducing, but it's fucking hysterical, and I'll watch it any time you want. Uh, I watched Palm Springs a couple times since uh, since recording last, because I just love that movie so much. I'm not surprised. Uh, I did finish the Hellraiser series, like I said I would. You even finished that one that we watched, we were watching together, and then we turned off? Yeah. Did you read my review about it? No, I don't, I don't follow you on Letterboxd. Of course you don't. Uh, I thought it was very, very dumb. Okay, it was not very, very good, but it was a very, very honest attempt, which is something that I cannot say about the previous like three or four movies that came before it. Uh, but I'm happy with how it ended. 
and I'm very excited for the revival. Uh, David Bruckner, do me proud. Uh, let's see. Watched Candyman, the new one. That was great. Watched Spider-Man, loved it. Um, watched Nightmare Alley, not my favorite. Not a masterpiece, in in my opinion. But... That really bums me out. I haven't seen it yet, but I was really expecting a lot, especially coming off of The Shape of Water for him. It was very good. It was very boring. Uh, I will talk about this right after this, but you watched Encanto and hated it because it was so slow. You would hate Nightmare Alley. It is such... Encanto was boring, not because it was particularly slow, but because I didn't like the story. It seemed like something I've seen a million times. Like, everybody has powers but one person. And then the music sucked. And I was like, well, this sucks. I could just go watch Moana again. The me- Okay, when have you seen one person doesn't have powers but everyone else does a million times? There was a, what is that? There was a Disney movie... Um, called it was like up up in a way where everybody had powers except this one guy uh what about the live action up up in a way yeah do you remember that okay um, yeah that was made what 20 25 30 years by the ago? same company i can't think of them on the spot but like you you know that that's a trope like everybody has a power except one person and the power was within them the whole time i don't know uh but if you fell asleep during that you'd definitely fall asleep during nightmare alley uh i watched uh, Encanto twice since then. Loved it. Still love it. We'll stand by it. And then another movie that I want to talk about is uh, Don't Look Up. So I love it. I thought it was a genius and so much fun and silly. It had a lot of heart and I really enjoyed it. And I just give things that I like five stars. So I give it five stars. You did indeed give it five stars. Five stars. I did not. Uh, that was a very strange, bizarre movie that I don't. It was not fun for me. It was very stressful, I think. And not because there was a huge meteor heading to, to Earth. However, this has inspired a challenge for me, I think. I'm going to try this year to not watch any trailers for any movie. I want to see how that will affect my movie experience this year. I'm all for that. That's awesome. I, I, I think that would be cool. I would try that. I don't know that I have the willpower to not watch like the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Moon Knight's coming out this year, Miss Marvel, like all the TV. I don't know. I just don't have that much willpower to keep me away from Marvel. You know what's also been done a million times? Superheroes. <clears throat> But that's another discussion, I suppose. Eat a dick. So that's about what I watched. Were there any other additions that you wanted to to talk about? Did I talk about Halloween Kills? Fucking love that movie. It was so wonderful. I don't care if you didn't like it. And Eternals, also five stars. Wonderful. I don't care if you didn't like it. When does that come out on streaming? Because that is one that I've missed. Like mid-January. And I watched Spider-Man. And that was good. I really liked it. Five stars. Don't care if you didn't like it. <laughs> I probably would have a lot more logged, but what's been taking up my time is uh, I've been watching College Humor or what used to be College Humor, which I think is maybe it's still College Humor, but they have a a streaming service called Dropout. And I, over the past year, have been playing Dungeons and Dragons with some work friends. It's been a blast. It's been amazing. But I've recently gotten into Dropout's Dimension 20, which is their like... Dungeons and Dragons campaigns, but they're all uh, custom stories. They're all custom characters. And then it's run by comedians and it's 
the best fucking thing. The only problem is there's like 17 episodes per campaign and each episode is like two hours. So I've done a lot of binging, a lot of watching that because it's fucking hysterical and I'm in love with all of these people. I can definitely also recommend that. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons sounds like it's the really stupid, like nerdy game from Stranger Things. But it's really dope. <laughs> I thought I was definitely disinterested, but I'm very interested. And I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I know I definitely was in your place before playing. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun if you can get into it. Find yourself a dungeon master that's that has experience and you can have a, a really, really good time. So that's been occupying my time. A dungeon over. master. That kind of sounds sexual. Yeah. A dungeon master, and you can really get into it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jordan, will you be my dungeon master? <laughs> you can think about it. <laughs> I don't have a witty comeback for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm out of practice. It's been a long time. But I guess we should go ahead and get started talking about this franchise. So this take one is not super, super, super long. Austin Powers. International Man of Mystery. Is that the first one? Isn't that what it's called? The first one's called that? And the second one's The Spy Who Shagged Me. And the third one is called Goldmember. 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 Yeah. The best one. Uh, So I really like the second one. And Bullshit, you like the second one. I do like the second one. Because you you got Mini-Me in it. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward most to the second one. The first one's kind of boring to me i i don't know we'll we'll see if i like it again when i watch it but uh it's slower than the other two in my opinion there's just a lot of like just talking back and forth i'd like to say they get better from from the first one but i really don't remember the second one fondly it has been a very long time since i've seen any of these i remember sitting in a hotel watching austin powers 2 on your laptop and you being like, I hate this movie. It's I hate it. I do. So why, I don't like the why second one. Why are we one. doing this? <laughs> if I don't like the first you one, you don't like the second it. one. No, I feel like you did. We're already too deep in it. We're doing it. You said, you know, it would be funny. It would be really funny if we start off the season with awesome powers. This was your idea, sir. And we are too deep in it. I'm not changing. I want to watch these movies and I want to talk about them. Okay. I guess so. I mean, if this episode winds up being crap, you can blame me. I think it'll be good, though. Okay. I think it'll be good, too. Okay. I don't need all of your negativity. <laughs> Come on. God, I want to replace my co-host this season. But yeah, uh, Goldmember is definitely my favorite of these three. Um, I remember the first one fondly. The second one, not so much. So I remember... <sighs> being really excited that Beyonce was going to be like in a movie is going to be really cool. And was she like really spectacular in it? I don't know. I mean, she was, she was Beyonce. That's all she needed to yeah, do for that okay. movie. She was Foxy Cleopatra, right? She sure was yes. Foxy Cleopatra. And she's a whole lot of woman. <laughs> oh my God. These movies are very stupid, but they're very, very entertaining. They are. At least, well, we'll see. That's how I remember them. Maybe my mind will change by take two. Hopefully that's not the case, but. You you know what I appreciate, like, as far as I can remember, is the openings of all three. They've they've got, like, this, like, high-energy opening. I think the first one even has, like, a dance number. I don't know about the other two, but there's always, like, something really exciting at the beginning that I just, I don't know, I really appreciate. Like, obviously, Austin Powers is a 
right. play on like James Bond and like, the, you know, uh, British spy movies. The the swagger that he has is just so it's, charming. It's called it's called Mojo. Is Mojo. Yes, you're you right. You need to you're get right. it right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. God. You're right. Fake fan. It's just, I don't know. It's so, I, I don't, it's just so enjoyable to the point where I know that like Mike Myers barely acts anymore. <laughs> I would, if he was going to come back and do anything, I would vote for a return to this. I know that when you return to franchises after a long time, uh, especially like comedy ones, it doesn't tend to work out like Zoolander. But like, I think that they could do this. I think that they could come up with something that would be funny, especially if you got like the majority of the team back together. What sucks is you couldn't have mini me anymore. Majority of the team. You mean Mike Myers? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I mean like, yeah, Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Mike Myers and Mike Myers. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I like Seth Green. <laughs> I forgot about Vern Troyer. Yeah, Vern Troyer Damn. passed away. Iconic. That That is iconic, especially the music number in number two, The Hard Knock Life. Oh, my God. Yeah. When they're yeah. in jail. That is that is probably the most memorable thing out of no, all no. three movies for me. No, no. No, no. Let's back it up here. Let's back it up. Uh, the musical number in the second one was when they were in the volcano. I think it was just the two of us. Oh, just the two of us. Okay, well, what's the... Th- is that the third one? The the prison scene is in the third one. No way! It is, because the third one is superior, I promise. Wow, okay, well, that is crazy that the most iconic thing, for me at least, is from the third one, and I barely remember it. I remember that, like, he's like, I love gold, and, like, Faja was a big yes. thing. That's the thing is that these the jokes do get repeated and I'm sure that we will talk all about that in take two. But I think they get funnier, they get more perfected and they get more aware. I think there's even a joke in the third one where Ozzy Osbourne is like, these fucking boobs, they they're doing the same joke as they did in the last yeah, album. Awesome. Like, they're oh, aware shit, of yeah. it. And it's funny. And I think that that's why I think that's why doing a fourth one would be a lot of fun because you could go even more meta than that and just kind of just there's so much freedom here Absolutely. and the characters are so lovable and i for i 100% would vote for uh, an Austin Powers fourth movie. Good. Good. Absolutely. I agree. And I'm really looking forward to revisiting them. Again, i think the most recent one that i've watched is the one that or number 2 that you just hate. Um is it Heather Graham? Yes. And i love her. I was just about to say, I think she's my only problem with that movie Fuck is off. that she's such a bad actress in this. I love her. She's terrible. Yeah, like I think she's supposed to be like corny and like a cheese ball. I see. I, don't, I disagree. She's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like, like the sexy, yeah. smooth. Like I don't know who was the who was the first. She was British. Who was in the first one? I don't know her name. Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, like she did it really well. Yeah. And fucking, fucking Beyonce did it really well. I don't know. Too bad about know. her being a fembot. That is that is <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, we, we should probably like save some of this for, for take two. I, this format thing is um, it's just a gimmick. We just talk. It's just it's not like like you have to wait for take two or take you know it's just gonna go take one, take two. S- similar to how you know time is an illusion and a social construct. So are these takes. Absolutely. Like it is just, 
It's a free-for-all here. It's just us fucking around. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. Uh, everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> Take two. Okay, redacted. I really like all three of these movies. <laughs> uh, I, the first one is still my least favorite, though. See, I think the second one is my least favorite. Because to me, the first and second are very equal. They're both very stupid. They're both very, very stupid. But Heather Graham just pulls it down for me. I don't know what it is about her. She just, she didn't do good. She didn't do good this time. Third one, though, pardon the pun, gold. <laughs> gold. It is so fucking funny. It's so funny. I think it took all of the gimmicks and like perfected them. I don't yeah. care if they were repetitive. They perfected them and they even had some more gimmicks and it's just a trilogy of gimmicks and it's so fucking fun. I will defend these movies till I die. I don't know. I don't think I ever gave Goldmember the credit it deserves. Oh God, it's the best one. It's so good. It's so good. Because like it's got so many of the iconic things that I grew up with that uh, my sister and my cousins would always like quote and i would quote him too because like we so i quotable. remember seeing that movie when i was younger yeah. I, I think like the first two understandably came out before i was old enough to watch them but maybe i think gold members like 2003 i think i was very surprised i think it's 1997 99 and 2000 and no hang on yeah it was 2002 2002. Okay, so yeah. seven or 97, 99, and then 2002. So okay, I would have only been 10. I don't know why I saw this movie when it came out, but I did. <laughs> oh man, yeah, very quotable. I did realize something about myself though, and that it's it's that like I am upset because this this very clearly pulls from a very successful franchise, which is the James Bond movies. Yeah, and I've not seen a single James Bond movie. Uh, and I, I understand that like one of my favorite things is uh, uh, I know odd job is a villain. <laughs> random <in>, task. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it random task? Yeah. Random task. And like, I get that they pull things from those and like all of the like Dixie Normus and a lot of vagina. Uh, those are like, isn't like pussy galore or something. Absolutely. In, yeah. In, so you uh, played the Bond on, video games though, didn't you? Uh, I mean, when I was like, I but don't you know, when, when did, like Pussy Galore was a character in uh, like that's Nightfire. It, Those are like the only two references to the James Bond movies that I know. So that leads me into saying that uh, Take Three will probably be at the end of this season, only because I now have to watch every single James Bond movie in existence for the research phase of of these three movies. So, oh, okay. So our first episode just became our season finale. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even our premiere of our next season. We'll see. Uh, okay, but, but I will say, like, I mean, I've not seen all of them, but I have seen like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And even though, yeah, it was like when I was younger. I think a lot of the things that that Austin Powers pulls from are the things that I think most people just know at face value. Like there is a movie called Octopussy. So that's why right, right. Austin's Austin movie is Pussy. called Austin Pussy. And like <laughs> you're right, like the constant uh, in and out of new beautiful females to help him. And uh, I, I think a character that I don't, 
I didn't, did not appreciate as much, and I appreciate the hell out of him, is Basil. Like, he's so <laughs> funny. Like, the way he, he the, like, deadpan delivers. I mean, it's not deadpan, but it's, I maybe, mean, I guess it is. It's like, it's just so very, innocent. He's like, sadly, we knew all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anytime, anytime uh, Foxy Cleopatra was like, uh, you know, what's kicking, Basil? He's like, a lot's kicking, Foxy. <laughs> a lot's happening, Foxy. Yes. Just the small little details in these movies are so great. I do want to I want to pause really quick because I did. Uh, I want to read you my Letterboxd review of this movie. Of course he does. That I did just now. It's I mean, it's not it's nothing fantastic. But no, but you love a Letterboxd review. I do love a Letterboxd review, but I wrote, yes, hello, 1-800-Hollywood. Yes, please cease production on all movies. This one's perfect. Thanks. <laughs> I rated it five stars. And uh, <laughs> listen, no, listen, Courtney has liked it and um, commented, Daniel and I are cackling. And I just want to say that uh, this review was not ironic. I do genuinely love this movie. I think it is flawless. I hope you're cackling because you agree. I don't think that you agree. I think Daniel rated this like two or three stars, but I mean it. This was not a joke. I love this movie. <laughs> I love it so much. And your like and your comment meant so much to him. I can art like I can tell by the look on his face. He got really excited about that. They I'm I'm sure because I'm sure that they're like, wow, that's really funny for such a terrible movie. No, this movie's perfect. This movie is perfect. Uh yes, going back to the references, I understand that that a lot of this stuff is probably uh, well known or, or I just feel like you get most of it. Like, yeah, I know you, I know Jordan is going to want to watch all of them and he wants to read all the books and all that stuff, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress out over it. No, it just, it makes me, I, I'm sure that there are references that slipped past me and I just wish I was in on those jokes and I can't be, that's, that's my only gripe with this. Um, but yeah, that's just, well, did you know uh, that there's a, there's a character named Dr. No and it's Dr. Evil and there's no, a character see, named Goldfinger and this gold member. Yeah, that I knew. Do you remember Coldfinger and Hot Toe from all that? No. Coldfinger. Somebody out there has watched all that and it was like, I think it was Keaton and Kel. I watched all that. I loved all that. I don't remember that specific sketch though. Well, you must not be that big of a fan. It's fine. No. What the hell is going on? Did you hear that? Your house is being broken into. You heard that too, though, right? But your plants were moving too. I think your plants are going to attack you. It's going to be like the happening. You know what it was? What? Uh, yesterday, we also recorded the take one for next week. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. No, no it wasn't. Maybe a, maybe a couple days ago. I was like, there's no way I watched all those movies that quickly. But we said the C word a lot. And maybe that's what it is. Fuck you. This may be the last. Oh, this may be yes. the last recording. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So stay tuned for that bit next week. You'll see it next. Do week. they know the episode? Did you just say the episode? I didn't say the episode, but okay. And the c word is not the c word that you guys are thinking of. It's a different <laughs> no, c tune, word. Tune in next week for that joke, assuming that everything goes to plan and we're not um, dead. No, <laughs> Nick doesn't die editing this. Listen. If either of us dies, we have to promise the other that we'll at least publish, take one and two of this episode and take one of the next episode <laughs> just for this bit, just so that we can. Understand yes, absolutely. Absolutely. When you die, I'm going to get your beautiful apartment with your haunted plants. So Thanks. I'm very excited. And then suffer the same fate. I think it's super funny that 
Kevin Spacey was cast as Dr. Evil, like in retrospect. That's yeah. very funny. <laughs> that is really great. Um, and making Danny DeVito like Gwyneth Paltrow, Tom Cruise, Danny De fucking Vito, uh, fucking Jennifer Coolidge was in the second one. Fucking Woody Harrelson was in the second one. These are star studded casts in these movies. It was so big back then, and I completely forgot that Britney Spears was in it. They got the two mm-hmm. biggest pop stars in the world at that point in time. It's very true, yeah. In that movie. I and mean, he kissed her. He kissed her on the lips. He kissed Mike Myers kissed Beyonce on the lips at yeah. the end of this movie. Yeah. He got to and do that. And he kissed Nathan Lane on the lips, too. He did. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. I, I don't know if you cut this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, if there if you were going to ask me what my favorite like gimmick or joke was, it w- I would full on tell you it was the Nathan it's Lane scene. so funny, be, especially so when he gets hurt and she goes, ow. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he closes so, the mirror on his finger. Yes. It's so funny. I genuinely struggle to think of other movies that are within the same bounds as the, these three movies. It's sort of like, like I can't think of another movie that does these gimmicks so well. Um, the only thing that I could think of, and it's not even really the same thing, but it just kind of reminded me of just the ridiculousness of gold member was Barb and star. I feel like Barb and star tried <laughs> yeah. to kind of have that. Yeah. Barb, uh, Barb and star is this kind of movie for sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like, like satirizing a specific genre but it has that level of like not taking itself seriously being fully aware yeah yeah, being fully aware of what it is exactly exactly uh one thing that i will say okay i have like some gripes and it's just like little things one i think the time travel constant time (laughs) travel gets a little bit confusing but i think it's really funny I think I don't know, I guess it's in the third one when Basil's like, I think we should just like enjoy ourselves. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's number yeah. two. See, I can't keep track. Because I watched them all like really <laughs> close back to back. Yeah. That was yeah. really, really funny. And he's like, just enjoy ourselves. He like looks at the camera. because um, <laughs> Austin's like, oh, I'm, my eyes have gone crossed. Like, I don't really care about the rationality of it all, but it's a no. little hard to just keep track of where we are. Maybe I was like fading in and out because I watched these movies before I fell asleep each night. Can't believe you. And they were like nice things to fall asleep to. I like made it through all of them. You made it through. I did. I mean, like I made it through. I didn't fall asleep during any of them. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. Uh, as far as I know, they did not use the same actor to play young Dr. Evil as they did young <laughs> no. uh, Austin Powers. And I think that, that would have just funny. been cool. Yeah. Now, I know that they probably would have had a much harder time finding a young actor that is as talented and good at playing both of those characters as Mike Myers. So they probably were just like, well, we just have to find the best actors for both. You know what I mean? Uh, but it would have been neat if they were the same person. Just like, I don't know, this might have gotten cut out. Uh, I might have cut it out of the first part uh but i really love that dr evil and uh austin powers are brothers when they're the same person it makes that makes perfect sense like i love it um so stupid (laughs) yeah it's it's ridiculous michael kane is a boss i just there's nothing he's ever been in that he's not incredible in like he's just so good uh daddy wasn't there is like 
one of the I just love how sometimes mm-hmm. they just break into song and it's like who the fuck cares like he's just singing and hard knock life uh I know I'm going all over the place but now I'm thinking of there's this there's this part in I think it's the one with a lot of vagina which is number two right yes no a lot of vagina is number one Ivana hump a lot is number two <laughs> that's the one I'm talking about too it's so confusing okay <laughs> Okay. Um, the chest scene. When he's like, I'm not even photographing oh, you. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Certain things that have gotten so old and like almost to the point where they're like cringeworthy that when people say them because they've been repeated so many times, but it only it only just shows how popular they were. Yeah. It's like the um, – Or like <laughs> Scotty, Scotty Don't. don't yeah. Or yeah. yes. Or like <laughs> Zip It and all that like – I remember hearing that to the point where I was like, don't ever say that shit to me again because it was so popular and everybody I knew was obsessed with that shit. Mm -hmm. This was a nostalgic road trip and I'm so glad that we went on it. So whoever picked this episode, (sighs) mastermind. I mean, yeah, great job. Really, really. And he's really sexy too. Probably. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> What's the difference between bravo and brava? I've heard both of those things. I don't Is it like no. masculine and feminine? Possibly. Let's see. Yeah, it's the masculine singular form of the adjective brava. Brava is the feminine singular. So do you, if you were to say brava, you would say it to a female? Correct. And bravo, you'd say it to a male? According to Google, yes. I don't really know where to go from there. I want to thank, even though it's my least favorite, I want to thank the second movie for blessing the world with Madonna's best song, Beautiful Stranger. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. so good. I love that song so much. And I love that she made that song just for this movie, you know? Are you serious? I didn't know that. No, I'm I'm kidding. I don't think she did. Oh, I mean. Did she? These movies were big deals. So I don't know. I, she did make it for this movie. I'm not surprised. I'm oh not surprised. my god! You got wait, wait, Steven wait. fucking Spielberg in the opening of the third one. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Oh my god! Beautiful Stranger is a song recorded by Madonna, released on May nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, so it was made in ninety nine, but it was released as a single from the soundtrack of the film Austin Powers: A Spy Who Shagged Me. Wait, was that was 99 though? Yeah, 99 is when it came out. It was. It was. I am stunned. I thought that was a funny joke because they played like 3 seconds of it in the movie. It's it's literally like they don't play the whole song. They don't even play part of the chorus, I don't think. Yeah, it's very quick. I cannot believe that. I can't believe that that Oh my god. It's enough to fall in love with it. <laughs> so good. It is really cool. Well, that's a bit of take three, but yes, still. Yes. We're just, every take, all of these takes, one, it's nonsense. Two, it's filled with misinformation. Amazing. Oh. No, it's filled with amazing knowledge. Yes. This year, uh, season three was the year of misinformation. Season four, 2022, you can take everything we say as gospel yikes yeah yikes Yikes. start transcripting that shit (laughs) i'm not kidding my last note i don't know if you took this out of take one or not but i know that we discussed like a fourth movie whether or not we wanted one and i'm so on the fence because 
I do genuinely think that the third one is so good that risking a fourth one might tarnish that a little bit. And I, I really don't want that. But I also the third one was done so well. And if they could capture that lightning just one more time, I want to see more gimmicks. I want to see more jokes. I want to see more Mike Myers, but I don't think it's going to happen. I actually Googled it and this is more take three stuff. But apparently because of Vern Troyer and because of <laughs> unfortunately the love guru. Yeah. Uh, which has tanked Mike mm-hmm. Myers's career, unfortunately. The reaction that people gave to that made him not want to do yeah, yeah more. I also stuff. in the article that I read that confirmed that apparently he's only been in five other scripted movies after that. Which I guess yeah, I don't know when the Love Guru came out, but um, which is unfortunate. It's been a while, yeah, it, yeah, it's been a while. I don't know. Just uh, watching that again, I was laughing from the first second and I couldn't stop. It was just so, so good. I am on the fence as well. I'm one of those people that doesn't necessarily like if if you were to make another one, it's not going to tarnish any of the other films. I don't view remakes like that. I don't view sequels like that. However, I don't know how you get around not having mini me there. Yeah. And not having it be like super sad, mm-hmm. especially because I heard, and I, this is a take three as well. I heard that there was at one point like a a script in mind that was going to really take place from Dr. Evil's perspective. That's, yeah, the article that I read said that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, you certainly would need Mini-Me at that point. And it's like, you, like if you try to recast Mini-Me, it's clearly not... Vern Troyer. The original. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they did it with Dumbledore, and that worked. <laughs> but no, they did because. I know they did. Um, I just, it's two very yeah. different <laughs> two very different characters. But like, I, yeah, I know. But like, uh, the second Dumbledore, is it Michael Gambon? Oh, I have no idea. And Richard Harris was the first one. I, I no again, idea. gospel. That is true. <laughs> whatever, whatever I say, factual. Um, I like the second Dumbledore better, so who knows? Maybe. Yeah, they, they certainly improved. Rest in peace, the first guy. Yeah, no, I mean he did great too, but it was just a very different take on the character, mm-hmm. and I liked the second take better, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, I know what I definitely want to do in take three, and I may have done it in Shrek, <laughs> but I know that I definitely want to talk about Mike Myers. Yeah. Because he is, he has had such an incredible career and is known for so many characters that will live on past him for so long. Like, I, I know that Love Guru hurt, you know, <laughs> him. I would hate for him to, like, not think that people would still absolutely adore him if he came out and did something. I remember when he came, I think it was for the 40th uh, anniversary of SNL. Him and Dana Carvey came back into Wayne's World. And everybody fucking lost their freaking minds. I I, I definitely want to uh, look more into him and find more out more about him because I just love him. And he's been somebody who I've appreciated since I was very, very, very little. Yep. I will be watching The Love Guru for take three. It can't be that stupid or bad. <laughs> I've not seen it. You know what it, I mean? Yeah. Like, these movies are stupid, too. I'm curious. It's yeah. probably just a swing and a miss. He probably thought, like, oh, okay, well, I can also be another weird. Because <laughs> I think he's like a, like a hippie kind of. It, but doesn't he play more than one character in that one, too? Like, isn't that the. Oh, I don't know. I, could I have never seen it. 
are none of our movies this season going to top fucking Austin Powers? Dude, no, there are going to be better movies. We're gonna, are there? We have so many. Yes, we have so many movies that we can talk about that are brilliant and amazing. I'm very excited. I believe it when I see it. Tune in season finale. We'll see if we've done any movies that are better than fucking Austin Powers. Way to get everybody excited for season four. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like I'm so, downhill from no, here. no. I'm just like so maybe it's just uh, the returning energy that I just feel so psyched about this. But I am so excited about this. I know that high of like really getting excited about a movie and thinking like, wow, is this like peak cinema but i think i think there have been movies that we've done where you've been like this might be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> i'm not kidding i really do think that that's and i don't remember which ones they are but i don't think it's annihilation which is your favorite movie i think there have been other movies where you're like oh this one might be the greatest movie ever made i'm trying to go back in my head and think of which one it was but it definitely was like i don't doubt that i've said that i'm definitely think you did i don't doubt that, that i said that i mean i love that energy <laughs> i love getting excited do you know how many five-star reviews i have so on letterbox many. too many yeah <laughs> I, I love getting excited about stuff let's just celebrate the fuck out of this movie man let's do it. it's awesome and Let, take three is gonna be dope let's do it while we can because i kept having the thought watching gold member that like god in even just five years or ten years who knows if this is still going to even be non-canceled. I don't know. Yes, I am surprised that it has held up to a point where I'm not like watching it the entire time cringing. A comedy movie franchise uh, made in the late 90s, early 2000s yeah. that isn't making me like shudder in fear <laughs> that we can't talk about this movie. <laughs> I am surprised. I'm sure that there's stuff that could that is cancelable or whatever he's a womanizer he's he's a horny yeah, asshole but you know well so are you I, I, who isn't you know who isn't yeah uh, no that's that's a bad attitude to have i'm very sorry <laughs> but uh but yeah no i've it's certainly you know i think it holds up i could be wrong uh, yeah Maybe that's take three territory we'll see good enough yeah talk to us about it send us send us letters and also send us money yeah I don't know that you're allowed to solicit money off the internet, but this is me doing it. Venmos are in the description, baby. Yes. <laughs> Should we actually? I mean, why not? Yeah, send us money. I love money. <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> take three. So I was up really early this morning. I had to take my niece to school, and I was just running a bunch of errands. And uh, there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to get like a, I'm going to get something to eat really quick. So I pull up in the Sonic parking lot and I realize that How I Met Your Father has released on Hulu. And I don't know when it did, but I know that as of right now, there's like two episodes available. And I watched it because I, I truly love the original show, How I Met Your Mother. And this new one has Hilary Duff in it, who I also really like. Mm-hmm. Man, it just makes me want to watch How I Met Your Mother again because it sucks. Oh, no. I know that like so many of my absolute favorite shows have laugh tracks, right? There has never been one to me that seems so out of place. These people will just be like, it would be something that would make you go, 
and people are just laughing their heads off. Is it the same format where she's talking to her kids on a couch or something? Oh, this is this is so this is like one of the weirdest cringy things. So this it's like 2050, and this lady walks in the room, and she looks like she's doing her best like Jennifer Coolidge impression. So she's Did you like say it was a, 2050. Yeah, she's like talking to her son. Uh, they are video chatting with each other. You don't even see the kid. What? So it's it's very odd. I'm like, why are you making these interesting decisions are not interesting, weird. Like I would like to say interesting, but they're just weird and sort of off-putting. And you know what's so bizarre is that Pamela Freeman or Fryman, it's F-R-Y-M-A-N, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but I guess it's probably Freeman. She directed like a ton of How I Met Your Mother episodes. She directed episodes of Friends. Like, she's a very well-regarded TV director. She's a producer on this and directed these episodes, and they're just shit. A typical episode of How I Met Your Mother would, like, surprise you. There would be a twist in it almost every episode. There'd always be some sort of, like, oh, that's cool. It was never, like, a standard episode. And these were, like, two standard episodes. If I had watched How I Met Your mother i probably would have more insight on this but i didn't watch that so yeah i tried to get you to watch like two episodes of that show and i think i realized like i have to pick my battles and i picked friends (laughs) instead of how i met your mother and we are on season what like five of friends i'm trudging through fuck you you like friends (laughs) i'm just kidding I enjoy Friends, I do. But yeah, How I Met Your Mother is just something I could not get into for some reason. And it looks like I really don't have much motivation to now, so. Well, Mother is great, even though it kind of goes off the rails at the end. Father, two episodes in, not a fan. Okay, so Austin Powers. Something I did that I said I would do is uh, I watched The Love Guru last night. Um mm. It was not good, first and foremost. It was very gimmicky, much like the Austin Powers uh, franchise, but it was, like, not fun gimmicky. It almost it felt, like, very poor taste, to be honest, and, like, kind of racist. Uh, it kind of had, like, the humor and the format of Austin Powers, but with the taste level of, like, Nacho Libre, if that makes any sense. Gross. Yeah, it was weird. But then, as a palate cleanser, immediately after, just because I was, you know, I still wanted to see something good that had Mike Myers in it. I watched The Cat in the Hat. God damn, I love that movie so much. <laughs> I don't get why people don't like that movie. It's fantastic. Okay, well, I guess I will start my segment with uh, the numbers <laughs> to mix it up, you know, season four. <laughs> the original uh, Austin Powers, which came out in 1997 in May, only wound up making $67 million worldwide. 67.6. But what was the budget to that movie? 16.5. So that's right. great. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it made its money back. Right. right. However, so the legend goes, because I, I wasn't paying attention back then, you know, when I was five, this movie did so well on the ancillary market and was so popular, which ancillary market is like everything but theatrical distribution. So like DVDs and uh, VHS, and I don't know what was available in 1997. However you watched movies outside of the theater, that's what ancillary is. And apparently it found such a new audience that when you do the sequel in June of 1999 with a $33 million budget, that movie makes $312 million worldwide. 
Damn. 67 to 312. Shit. Yeah. And it, okay, so just, just a little bit of perspective. $53 million for the first Austin Powers International Man of Mystery in the U.S., 206 for Spy Who Shagged Me. Damn. Right. And then the foreign, the foreign is crazy too. $13 million for overseas for Austin Powers 1. Austin <laughs> Powers 2 at $105 million. See, I do love hearing that because it, it gave us Austin Powers 3, but it's just like hearing that for what I believe to be the worst movie is that hurts to hear. If you're not a huge fan of Spy Who Shagged Me, then it is maybe a little disheartening to see that it is the highest grosser. However, right. uh, a lot of times, like people going to see the second one can be due to the strength of the first one. Right. So again, I, I think it has a lot to do with people finding International Man of Mystery on DVD or VHS or however people want. I don't know. When did DVDs come out? I think they might have been on records at that point. I was going to say, guys, <laughs> DVDs were these like, they were these little <laughs> tiny, I don't even, because I was going to say they look like CDs, but who the fuck knows what a CD is? Okay, so Austin Powers in Gold Member comes out July of 2002, has a $63 million budget, and makes $296 million worldwide. So... What's interesting is that even though it makes a little bit less than Spy Who Shagged Me, it actually made uh, $7 million more than Spy Who Shagged Me uh, in the United States. It was its overseas box office that sort of suffered a little bit. Gotcha. But altogether, the budget of these movies were a combined $112.5 million. It made $676 million. So it's a hell of a franchise. Yeah. I can understand why people might want to explore maybe bringing this back someday. <laughs> They'd probably end up on a streaming service, to be honest with you. But regardless, I would watch the fuck out of it. I do want to point out, I also looked up the Rotten Tomato scores of these movies. Oh, my God. Um, and I wholly disagree with them because International Man of Mystery is the only fresh one. Oh, no. At 73%. Really? Yeah. And then it goes Spy Who Shagged Me at 52, and then Gold Member is just at 53. Wow. So Spy Who Shagged Me, you are not in the minority with thinking that that's the worst one. I'm surprised that Gold Member got such a low score. I don't know that people truly get Gold Member like we do. <laughs> we were already just so gung-ho on Austin Powers that they could have really done anything, and we would have gone with it. I mean, so uh, like a reviewer maybe trying to look at this objectively might have been like, no, I don't think this works. Yeah. So I have some behind the scenes stuff or maybe some like stuff you didn't know about Austin Powers and everything that I bring up today has some kind of source or reference. And I will link all of that in the info box or notes or whatever you use. Everything that I bring up today, I made up. So there are no sources, no references, nothing all just from my brain. Excellent. Perfect. Uh, so the first thing I have is the action sequence in the opening scene of, of Goldmember. Obviously was very carefully choreographed and made to look like some big action movie. Uh, and of course they wanted to make the car seem like it was driving via remote or autopilot or something. But there was actually a stuntman that was 
dressed as a car seat that was driving the car. So the two seats that you see, the driver's side is actually someone within the seat. It's like a seat costume. Oh, that's cool. Austin Powers started as a 60s themed rock band named Ming T. And the band can actually be seen throughout all three of the movies as those like cutaway so, yeah, you know, like they end a scene and it goes to that band that's like dancing on the blocks and stuff. Love those. That's them. And I think I don't remember if it's the first or the second one. They had one hit song that was called just BBC and it played at the end credits of I believe it's the first one. It could be the second one. I'm not sure. And also they were the band that appeared and sang Daddy Wasn't There. Like that's them. <gasps> uh, so Austin Powers, this was a sort of a character in a band that mike myers came up with and it was his wife at the time i think they're divorced now it was his wife who encouraged him to be like make this character a thing like go and make a movie out of this guy and that's how we got the three austin powers movies so i don't know if you knew this but this movie was co-produced by demi moore did you know that no i did not why she decided to co-produce this i have no idea but i thought that that was an interesting fact this one makes much more sense and i totally if if you told me that mike myers could not play this role this person actually i want to see if you can guess can you guess what person was considered for this role before mike myers was for mike myers okay um give me like a clue just give me like a clue i mean i don't know male comedian in hollywood was he on snl oh i'm not sure i don't think he started on snl but i'm sure he's appeared several times Robin Williams. Oh, no, that's a good one. It's not him, but that's a very good guess. I'll speed this up so it won't make me look but so bad. Actor, comedian, Steve Martin. No. Is it Adam Sandler? No. God, no. Gross. I would not want him to be Austin Powers. I need a better clue. Uh, I can tell you the movie that he turned it down for. Yeah, tell me the movie he turned it down for. All right. This actor was considered to play Austin but he turned the role down for liar liar. Oh my god. I'm so stupid. I, we like him though, right? I, th- I think he's Jim a, Carrey, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh <laughs> apparently up to 40% of the first movie was improvised. There was really a majority of the script was not really used for the first movie or it was sort of more of a suggestion. One of the scenes, if you want to get a sense for like which parts were improvised, which makes perfect sense now, uh, like any time that Dr. Evil and Scotty are talking, you know, the whole zip it thing, like that's all improvised, obviously. Apparently, Daniel Craig thought that Austin Powers ruined the idea that a James Bond movie can be humorous. So uh, when these movies started coming out, he kind of encouraged the James Bond movies to sort of have a darker theme to them so i makes sense i've not really seen any of them i don't know what they look like before austin powers versus after but i can imagine afterward they have a darker theme to them daniel craig's james bonds are like christopher nolan's batman gotcha daniel craig was quoted to say that you know austin powers ruined or no fucked us over or something like that i don't know (laughs) once a spoof of something becomes super popular it takes a huge toll on the effectiveness of the original brand Mm. all i have to say is scary movie (laughs) oh what a great example how many horror movies is that ruined wow for people a lot and i still love those movies wow Mm. i wasn't gonna put you on the spot and ask for an example but that was a perfect example that was great 
apparently they had to fight whoever rates movies. <laughs> the MPAA. Yes, that those people for the first movie to keep it PG-13. Apparently, when it first was presented, it was an R-rated movie. And a lot of that has to do with that scene uh, or scenes, I should say. It's a re- it's a repeated gimmick where either Austin's junk or Vanessa's breasts are sort of obscured by objects that look like those things. You know, even though nothing was shown, they thought that that was just it was too much. We have to cut some stuff to keep it PG-13. They fought very hard to keep that scene in there but they had to cut out a lot of other stuff in order to bring it back down to a pg-13 rating apparently this means that there is an uncut version out there that i had no idea about that i would love to hunt down and watch someday because that seems like a great time yeah that particular scene i understand why like they might have a problem with that because it's like suggested nudity or whatever but what i think is so much more suggestive is the scenes where they do the shadows and they're like pulling things out of their asses and shit. I don't know if that's the first one or they do it more than once, don't they? So they do it in the second one in the tent and then they do it in the third one with Minnie me and Austin in front of like the, in the doctor's office. Yes. And yeah. shit's dropping and stuff. Okay. Okay. His little hand is like tossing an apple. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that is like way more suggestive. But if it wasn't even in the first one, I, I truly have watched these movies like in the past week and still get them mixed up. <laughs> so. And last but not least, there was apparently going to be an animated Austin Powers series that was in the works with HBO. I heard about that. Yeah, it kind of just lost steam. And it's rumored that uh, Mike Myers kind of backed out of the project and it just kind of died. But I think it was going to be called uh, Yeah Baby or something like that. And the date on it was 99, which means it would have been made like after would that would be the second one, right? Yeah. Maybe canceling that led to Goldmember. Maybe if that happened, Goldmember wouldn't have happened. So that's a very good point. And maybe if we never get an Austin Powers 4, maybe they'll revive the animated show. <laughs> and they'll, that'll be a way to get around not having... Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer, because you can animate his little ass. It's very true. I thought it was very important to talk a little bit about Mike Myers. There's a lot of interesting stuff about him. So I'm going to start at the beginning, okay? Mike Myers was born on October 19, 1957 in Illinois. At the age of six, he murdered his older sister on Halloween night. Oh, my God. And he was remanded to a psychiatric hospital where he spent the next 15 years. And on the eve of Halloween in 1978, he broke out of Smith's Grove Sanitarium and murdered four more people. And then went on to make comedy movies in the 90s? Correct. That's crazy. I can't believe they let him do that. It, it, it doesn't make sense, but it's what happened. It's no. growth, you know? It's... Thank you for uh, your reaction to that joke. That's that's what I needed is you <laughs> to stupid. not laugh at all. That's <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, my God. Moving on. Mike Myers is 58. He's Canadian. He was on SNL for exactly six years from 89 to 95. He, like, literally started and ended on January 21st. Is that a joke or is that is that a real fact? That is a real fact about Mike Myers, not about fictional serial killer Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. That's cool, though. That's awesome. Well, thanks. His first movie role, like ever, was Wayne's World, which for any of our listeners who don't know was originally an SNL sketch. 
This, I had no idea. He wrote all three Austin Powers movies. Wow. I don't think I knew that either. He wrote them. That is nuts. They were directed by Jay Roach, but he wrote them. It's pretty damn impressive to me. He's been nominated for three Emmys and won one of them as a writer on SNL. Nice. He's won seven MTV Movie Awards, five of them being for the Austin Powers franchise. I would normally talk about MTV Movie Awards, but having won seven of them, like that's a pretty... (laughs) That's a pretty big deal in my opinion. However, he was nominated for two Razzies for Cat in the Hat. (gasps) Shut up. Worst actor and worst screen couple shared with either, they they wrote either Thing 1 or Thing (laughs) 2. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. And he won two Razzies for worst screenplay and actor for the love guru he deserved those he was not the worst actor in cat in the hat though he was arguably the best yeah fuck that i don't understand the cat in the hat hatred this sort of group of razzie nominations and wins led him to be nominated as the worst actor of the decade for two that like the 2000s oh to God. 2000 2010 however he lost that to Fellow SNL castmate, can you guess who made more bad movies in the 2000s than Mike Myers? Is it Adam Sandler? No. Really? Nope. Oh, I don't know. God, are we about to do another guessing game? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make your ass guess. Did Was he was he the other guy in Wayne's World? No. This guy is like one of the most celebrated SNL castmates of all time. Is it Chris Farley? Uh-uh. Was it his friend? What's his name? Fuck. This guy Um, is a superstar. Oh, Will Ferrell? No. I have no idea. I give up. Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. What bad movies did he do? Okay, in the 2000s, he did Dr. Doolittle 2, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, Daddy Take Care, Haunted Mansion, (laughs) Norbit. Can I tell you? Hold on. I know you love Daddy Daycare. Can you? The reason I did not get that right away is because I love all of these movies. Jesus (laughs) Like what terrible movies. That's so funny. I do love Daddy Daycare and I can, I understand why Haunted Mansion is bad, but I think I love them for their nostalgia factors, I guess, which I'll get into later. But as I'm looking through the movies that Eddie Murphy was in, it just occurred to me that they're not only SNL castmates. They're Shrek castmates. Oh, yeah. And those movies are great. They are great, yes. Another thing about Myers is that he apparently will be starring in and producing a comedy series for Netflix, which supposedly he's going to play multiple characters in. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. That is music to my ears. That makes me very excited. But I hope he's learned his lesson from the love guru. Like, I hope we don't get another one of those. I think he has. I mean, he took, like, a long break. He, like, he retired from filmmaking for, like, eight years. Yeah. Does it? Did it say what, what the series was about? No, just that it's a comedy. Oh, man. Although it should have, like, a little bit more going on by now because this was reported in 2019. I hope they didn't scrap it. I couldn't find anything else about it other than that it was in development. So It didn't even have a title? Nope. Hmm. Nope. And I saved my favorite fact about Mike Myers for last. And I think it might be your favorite fact, too. A 
apparently Mike Myers loves the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. As I'm fidgeting with my dice this whole time. (laughs) Wow. This fact straight up said, like, alongside Dungeons & Dragons fanatics Vin Diesel and Robin Williams, Myers took part in the worldwide Dungeons & Dragons game in 2006. Oh my, could you imagine Mike Myers as a Dungeon Master? That would be dope. Oh my god, could you imagine playing a game that is mastered by Mike Myers? That is insane. Um, There were probably two videos on youtube out there that that went in depth and had a full analysis on these three movies the one that stuck out to me had a lot of what seemed like bullshit there's a lot of really stretched ideas but it did bring up some interesting points that are at least worth discussing or at least worth thinking about some of the more stretched ideas is that uh you know dr evil's freezing process and the abundance of time travel is sort of poking fun or exploring our like visceral need for nostalgia. Like that is the representation. That's why it was put in the movie. That's cool. I mean, yeah. And it goes in depth later. Like it was a cool video and I'll link it. It was a very cool video, but a lot of these things I was like, all right, dude, come on. That is something I feel like if that was brought up in like my film appreciation class, the collective group of us would have rolled our eyes at right? our teacher. Yeah. yeah, like I can't imagine that when writing this, Michael, oh my God, Michael Myers, Mike Myers was like, oh yeah, this means this and this means this. Maybe he did, I don't know, but just some of these connections are bullshit. Another one of those being how, you know, Dr. Evil and number two represent how art is always competing with capitalism. And Dr. Evil is always trying to find new creative ways and wants Starks with laser beams on their heads uh, to get his money and number two is investing in starbucks and it's like capitalism versus art and <laughs> well you know it didn't have to be purposeful to have resonance no and all of these points that he does bring up he does tie into some later discussions and and a lot of it does make sense but it's i don't know in in the moment they just they just seem kind of silly He has this idea throughout this movie that this franchise sort of launched patterns into Hollywood and into movies and entertainment that really weren't seen previously. Um, He talks about how movie franchises nowadays always have to have an origin story. There's Solo. uh, He brought up Maleficent. He brought up The Grinch. He brought up uh, Jack Sparrow. He brought up The Mad Hatter. Nurse Ratchet got her own TV show. Willy Wonka has, you know, an origin story in his newest iteration or movie. Oh, and so like Goldmember is kind of like the origin story. Well, um, yeah. So when it when they go back to when he was at boarding school or whatever to be International Man of Mystery, that was the moment in Hollywood that spurred all of this wanting of an origin story. Is that real? No, no. But he's saying that like maybe Austin Powers was ahead of its time. I, it, and it can't be the first instance of it, but maybe it was one of the most popular. I don't know. Watch the video. And that's the thing. You don't have to be first. What you have to do is be first that's successful. Yeah. Uh, and he also talks about the movie trope that happens a lot in franchises, wherein conflict arises from meeting a character's father. See Guardians 2. See Captain America Winter Soldier. Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Um, a lot of these things where suddenly these characters' fathers are being introduced into Me? the fold. In Captain America, Winter Soldier? Maybe not Winter Soldier. What was it when um, when we meet Iron Man's father? What movie was that? When you meet Iron Man's father. 
I don't want to give spoilers for that movie, but don't don't they kill someone? Don't they kill Bucky? What? Okay. Iron Man's dad is in a car and hits someone in a Captain America movie. No. In Captain America Civil War, I are in a car and Bucky. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I got them mixed up. Wasn't there I'm gonna have to bleep that out just That's fine. Of spoilers, but this is just what he brought up. I don't know. He he showed a clip of Iron Man talking with his dad man, and I was fuck like this guy. Iron Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but he I'm talks, sure he's lovely. I don't know who he is. But the I'm way sure the the way the video was edited seemed really cool. I, maybe I'll subscribe to this channel. I don't know. But he discusses that these things kind of become cyclical. Uh, you know, Johnny Depp based the character Jack Sparrow on Keith Richards. They made Keith play his dad in in the movie. I, I, now I'm wondering, is that the second or third one? I don't know. Third one was it the third one? Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers did the same thing with Michael Caine. No. Uh, he, he did. He basically he, the the glasses. I totally get it. Yeah, I totally get it. A young Michael Caine. Yeah. The glasses that Austin Powers wears were a direct reflection of what Michael Caine used to always wear. Fucking Michael Caine, man. Uh, but he goes on to explain that they're sort of carbon copies of their fathers with these cyclical stories that keep going into the past and they are reliving things that they love and it just cycles and cycles and cycles. Now, this is an interesting point that he brought up in in the video. Have you seen the movie Spectre, the James Bond movie Spectre? No. Uh-uh. Do you have any intention to? So, like, not really. So I can spoil the, the ending of it for you? I think you? I already know, but you can go ahead. So basically, spoilers for Spectre. Oh, it duh. turns out. Oh, duh. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It turns out that the villain in Spectre is actually James Bond's foster brother. Do you know who the and villain so, in Spectre is? Yes, it is Christoph Waltz, isn't yeah. it? Yes. So it's kind of crazy that 13 years later, James Bond told the same story that the spoof of James Bond told. Very good point. Yeah, and so there, he brings up a lot of really interesting points when they're showing the movie at the end of Goldmember, when it's like the actual finished movie premiere of austin pussy i think that austin powers is a spoof that became a franchise that ends by recycling itself into a movie but the crazy thing here is that a lot of these movies you know pirates the marvel movies the disney live action movies they all came out after this trilogy i think that's his whole point is that like these patterns only started emerging after this trilogy came out the year that the first austin powers movie came out four of the top 10 movies that year were either sequels or remakes the year of the second Austin Powers movie, it was five of the ten. With Goldmember, it was six. In 2019, all ten of these movies, of the top ten movies of the year, were either a remake, a sequel, or a continuation of a franchise. Not surprised Most of them, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, he brings up Star Wars. He brings up how the first of the newer trilogy started as almost a beat-by-beat -beat remake of the original film. And he also brings up Endgame, where everyone was sort of going back in time and sort of reliving their past to resolve the present. And he concludes this video by telling us why he believes that nostalgia is, like, so heavily a factor when creating entertainment. And it all makes sense. Like, it's obviously because we're, we're yearning for when times were better. Um, and people are, like, exhausted now. People are angry and tired and going mad. They're just trying to make America great again. <laughs> gross um but I, genuinely i'm not really talking just about quarantine it's you know over the past few decades we've wanted to return to a time when things were less responsibility focused and more free which is obvious 
We want to go back to our childhoods where we weren't really responsible for ourselves. I then went to watch some interviews with Mike Myers, which seeing him out of character back in the 90s, he's very handsome. And it's almost bizarre watching him without an accent or without doing a character. It's it's kind of weird. It's like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. But basically in this, I think it was with Conan, he was doing an interview and he talks about the references that inspired Austin Powers. Um, he wanted to reference his parents' home and city in Liverpool and their generation with like their terrible teeth and, you know, the, the references to British and Canadian comedy with, you know, his mountains of chest hair on Austin uh, as a callback to Sean Connery and how even in the 60s and 70s, action movies with a swinger or secret agent was like so-and-so by day and secret agent at night, et cetera, kind of thing. And I think it's just interesting to see, like having just come off of that video that says that Austin Powers sparked this whole generation of, of new Hollywood and entertainment. It's kind of crazy to see Mike's intentions with these movies to be so referential, but also create like the small spark in filmmaking. Absolutely. Like I wouldn't have taken... Yeah, I wouldn't have taken that first video so seriously had I not known how much work got put into making this movie so nostalgic, I guess, or or reference a part of the past that was like a better time or even just explore that that concept in the movies. Like he keeps going back in time. And he's like, yeah, you know, it was groovy back then. Like we just we just, you know, yeah. did what we wanted to do. It was all love and all that kind of stuff. So it's very much not just what you do. It's when you do it how you do it, and who you do it with. Yeah. So to close this out, I have just one more bit. I do want to say that, like, overall, I understand that these movies are not perfect. I do understand that there are some things that, uh, in retrospect, probably did not translate very well, uh, do not did not age very well. Namely, uh, I know I've read some things that, you know, Foxy Cleopatra's character could have used some tweaks uh the whole fat bastard caricature and even some of the more asian jokes and stuff don't translate very well nowadays but i do want to give them props because i love that austin powers character it was created to sort of mock bad british habits and not just being an ugly character that people can poke fun at like what about austin powers mojo aside what about him was so intoxicating to women and but by today's standards absolutely nothing he was completely hairy he was like a yeti on his chest uh terrible terrible teeth uh you know glasses which are not you know standard beauty today unfortunately and I feel like this franchise had such massive potential to make Austin become like a tasteless caricature. And they managed to not do that. Like it didn't come off as frat humor. It's this sort of tangential genre of humor that's all by itself. Um, and I wanted to point out the scene in the first one. It was when Vanessa was super drunk and she was. Oh, my God. I was just thinking of that. Yeah. Yeah. She was like finally able or not able, but wanted to, you know shack up with Austin. And he was, he was like, no, he denied it because she was drunk. And and that was the wrong thing to do. And I think he's a character that I think does a great job of being sex positive without being raunchy about it. Um, and as cheesy as it sounds like his sex drive genuinely feels like it's, it comes from a place of like love and connection and respect. And like that sort of the sex positivity that was out, you know, with the swingers of the sixties and the seventies. 
And I love that it's a complete contrast to the films it's parodying, where the male protagonist is like always ripped, always trimmed, and like always stunning, meaning James Bond. Yeah. I think that this comes from Mike Myers reflecting swing culture and not not reflecting his own morals. And I think that this is because I've seen the love guru and, (laughs) and I think just the subject matter of Austin powers was a lot more respectful than I think Mike Myers humor maybe, but I think that's some of the reasons why I really appreciate this movie because it, I don't know, it just does that kind of thing very well and, and it had the potential to not. So it's a little bit refreshing if that makes sense. Again, not perfect. There's still, you know, some things in here that are questionable and probably shouldn't have been included, but you know, I, I still, I still respect it. I have one question for you. I totally agree. Even if they were trying to portray spoofs on characters that were done even less tastefully back in the day, there's always room to improve. And especially now that it's been 20 years, we can even see that much clearer. You know what I mean? Right. I do have a question for you, though. Have you seen Wayne's World in Wayne's World 2? I intentionally did not say the answer to this because I thought you would be mad at me. More importantly, I thought your sister would be mad at me, but then I realized that she does not listen to this podcast that I know of. (laughs) Uh, No, I have not seen Wayne's World. Uh, Okay, so we have to watch those. Those movies are incredible. and There's just two, right? There's only two of those? Yeah, well, the, the reason why that clicked in my head was you were talking about like Mike Myers' humor, and I think you would get a much better idea of it from Wayne's World because it feels more in line with Austin Powers than like Love Guru does. Like I've not seen Love Guru, but let's just <laughs> let's say that that's the exception and not the rule because Wayne's right, World okay. he also wrote. Oh, good. Okay. And, and actually, I'm not certain that he wrote Love Guru. I don't, I, you can tell that he did. Inspiration, did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah never mind then. <laughs> never mind then. Yeah. There was a scene where two elephants were just straight up fucking on an ice rink. Oh, um, wow. I, I, I don't, there were a lot of very questionable things in that movie. Uh, well, now I got to watch it. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Nick. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Take 3, a movie podcast. I am so glad to be back. Season 4 is going to be kick-ass. I'm so glad you're all here. I hope that you really enjoy it. We're working really hard to make this quality-ass content. You know how it is. All right, thank you again. Happy listening. All that jazz.